to do in our lives, Lord, even when sometimes it feels like we don't see it. We know you're with us, Lord. Thank you for loving us and allowing us to continue to discover that in this journey we call life as we continue to get closer to you and follow Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm going to talk about prayer tonight. So the title of tonight is uh, Position to Prayer. I think a few weeks, well, I don't know when, I'm losing track of time. Maybe a month or a few months ago, I had a title called The Practice of Prayer. It's not the same message, so. Um, but in The Practice of Prayer, we talked about, just like in any profession in one's life, whether you're an attorney, a doctor, you are called to be people of prayer. That's your profession, your practice, right? And especially as being Christ followers and we want to, fulfill the call in our life even greater. We've got to be people who pray, and it's in our daily practice. Today I want to talk more about the position of prayer. Um, the main idea for today is, is prayer is not as much as a go-to as much as it should already be a position from your spirit to be connected to the Holy Spirit at all times. So it's a position that we should take, that we're always in, good days and bad, long days or short, <laughs> a position. True prayer is not something you bring yourself into as a Christ follower, but it's a consistent position by which knowing God's will for you, which will reflect in most of the moments and situations around you. Do you digest that? So we're going to, knowing God's will. Prayer is not, for a Christ follower, should not be a hotline to solve problems, but more to commune and know his will, which will increase your love for him, which will organically affect situations around you. Not saying you don't need to throw up some last-minute prayers or cries to God. Life happens. But if you're positioned into prayer, your cries don't have to go as far because you're already in position. And to find out his will more in your life, it really begins with things we have been taught by being accepted and grounded that you are loved and you're grounded in whose you are, which is God, and who you are, which is a son and daughter of God. Grounded in that. And this all comes through Christ, right? Praying, positioning into prayer, there's so many great tools of, of doing this and, and being positioned at all times in prayer. You can pray... When you're reading the Word, you do read the Word, right? Prayer can happen through worship. We talked about worship last time. And through those methods of positioning yourself into prayer, it can lead you into further or praying in tongues. We know about that, which is a powerful tool. It can even lead into intercessory prayer. It can even lead into word of knowledge prayer. And we don't have time to go through all of those, which we will navigate through that at some point. 
but there's very great attributes that come out when we are positioning to prayer. This type of prayer, positioning you to prayer, brings you closer than ever to God and be able to know him more and also know his authority that he has and that he also has through to you through his righteousness, through his son. Knowing God's will gives you an ultimate position in how and what you should be praying about. Let's say that again. Knowing God's will gives you an ultimate position in how and what you are praying about. If some of our prayers are not getting answered, I ask, and I'm growing in this too, are you seeking God's will first? You see, when you're closer to God and positioning to prayer, God is closer than the problems that you might think you are going to pray about or the needs that are before you that might have pressure points to you. Positioning to prayer will also organically create an intimacy with God. And then it's a place where intimacy meets authority. Positioning to pray. So we're going to just quickly talk about some of that tonight. As I've been talking about his will, it's so important to know his will. If you're knowing his will and positioning prayer, you're going to experience intimacy and authority that comes through that. And then if those are all coming together and you're really positioned in prayer, your prayers should be changing things around you, not only in your life but in others, right? Let's talk about his will some more, God's will. I mean, our greatest example, certainly if we're Christ followers, is who? Christ. What did he do in ministry? There's so many examples, and we'll read some of them. But Christ was all about, in his prayers, of doing his Father's will first. He, you don't see in some of the scriptures that he said, Help me, Father. I don't know what to do here. I've interceded and fasted for two days and nothing's happening. He would never ask for help in many cases. He would just ask for God's will to be done in all those cases. It started in his, before his ministry started. Jesus was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. We know this for 40 days where he was tested. Not only by Satan, but he was tested. The time he spent in those testings allowed him to trust his father's will more than ever. And also to be able to trust his father's wills for the others that he would be ministering to in his ministry, coming together. We don't have to go away for 40 days and 40 nights, I would not think. Who knows? Something might happen. You're called to that. But we have the Holy Spirit in us that can help us do what, what Jesus was being pruned for and transformed in those times in the wilderness for his ministry to find his Father's will. Another reason why you may not be getting some of your prayers answered that comes through you're not finding the Father's will in that prayer that you're praying about is because you're probably doing more talking than listening. Prayer is not 
about talking. There's components. But this is about communing with your Abba Father. Communing. Communing. Right? Just a few scriptures of how Jesus talked about his Father and his will. In John 6.38, do we have that? Yeah. For I have come down from heaven to do what? The will of God who sent me. Not to do my own will. He was positioned in prayer at all times in his ministry. John 5.30. I can do nothing on my own. I just want to park there. I know we're talking about prayer. (laughs) But how many of us can do good lip service to what was just said? But do we really understand that we can do nothing <laughs> on our own. Even a person that doesn't believe in Jesus is only as good as their hashtag on their tombstone, right? Between those. We can do nothing. On, and that is the... So we're talking about prayer, but I'm going on a side road here. So that that really is... It, it started obviously in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve decided that they could do something on their own and decipher good from evil. But that's the ongoing sin we continue to do and fall into the same traps that I can handle what's good or bad. I can do it on my own. I need God maybe when it gets really bad. But who defines when you're on that edge of where really bad is? But Jesus was so clear. He had to draw the line. (laughs) I can do nothing on my own. The sooner we realize this as Christians and Christ followers, the sooner we find freedom. It relieves a little bit of pressure at times that we ain't all that and a bag of chips. Is that what it says? Somebody has said. We're not. But through our humility and our weakness, we're made strong by God. And there's power in that. So that was just a little side. It says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own. So he's pretty clear there. He is only here to do what his father has told him to do. And because of that, his position in his prayer, knowing the will of his father, the Father could work amazing things through him because there was nothing of him left in himself but only God and his Spirit. We can get that place. We can get there. We can through the Holy Spirit. We know this scripture well. I don't know if I give it to you, but, and I don't read the Holy, but Matthew 6, 9, it's Jesus and teaching his disciples. And I mentioned this the last time we talked about prayer. How do I pray? Again, we have the Holy Spirit in us. But the beginning of this prayer is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will. The intro to all of Jesus' prayers was focused on God's will. More than the situation he was about to speak to or pray to.
There are times in prayer, and I mentioned this in that the practice of prayer we talked about, where the Holy Spirit will lead you into the actual throne room of where God and Jesus are. <laughs> Just imagine that. Being in the throne room. I don't have a lot to say if I'm in front of my king and my maker. I'm just looking to behold and what they are saying to me. Can I go off one more trail? You'll still, maybe you'll like me afterwards. Mm. And I don't know if I mentioned this in worship the last time we spoke. But it has to be with the throne room. If I'm worshiping, and I'm not there yet either, so please come along with me on this journey. But if I'm in the throne room of where my king and creator are there, and I'm worshiping them at church here, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting the response of their glory and beholding them, I'm holding a mic right now, but the last thing I want to do is... We're human, but do you know where you are? They don't need appreciation. They just want our heart, but they don't need. But as you get further into the, I didn't mean to go. If you get further into these presents and it becomes more tangible and more real and tears and, and the over, <laughs> the overwhelmed beauty of being in those that throne room. Nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Only them. It's not a sin to clap. I'm just saying, when you're in these degrees, and I know human nature is we want to transition, clap, or whatever, but just remember where you, hopefully you're there. Get there. There's more. There's deeper worship there, and it's happening every Sunday here. Take that opportunity to know where you are. That has nothing to do with prayer. God's will for you is reflected in his love for you. <laughs> and it's good. Now, if you take one of the O's out of good, what does it spell? God, right? He's good. His will is to not hurt you or harm you. His his will is to bring abundant life to you. Not so you're blessed, but so you're whole. And in that wholeness, you can commune and have a wonderful relationship with God. And then it'll be so wonderful that it has to spill over into your life and to others. Paul prayed about finding God's will many times and well, a lot of these letters too. I, I mentioned this set of scriptures at the beginning of the year because I really felt this was a year that, you know, to, to grab hold of this prayer. But, but it is really finding the will of God as we, under this topic of what we're praying about. It's Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. Asking God, again, Paul, writing this letter to the, the church there, 
asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in the knowledge of God. And that knowledge is his will. It's there. I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. How many know there's not much hope around us? We are the light and we have to have that hope. Confident hope of what Christ did for you at that cross and has given to those he's called, his holy people. Again, who you are. Who are his riches and glory, glorious inheritance. You being the sons and daughters of the Most High. I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power. For us who believe in him, this is the same mighty power. What a beautiful example (laughs) that rose Jesus from the grave. That's much power. But Paul's praying for this. Knowing God's will more will bring these attributes of knowing his power more. And we'll be talking about that in a minute. One of Jesus' final prayers that we know was more of a cry at one point in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Before he was being, he knew what was unfolding, being turned in. He didn't say, God, I don't want to do this. Deliver me from these enemies. What did he say? Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Even in the moment, just picture that in, in some of his humanness. <laughs> he was sweating blood. <laughs> that he knew his anchor, his center, and his position of prayer at all times was but only to find God's will for him. It's a little bit of an example of God's will. I think we can do a... Again, I don't know if we're guilty of this, but maybe. Usually most of the messages come out of things I've done wrong. So here we go. So parents, how about this example? Parents pray things for their kids, and they should. But then I ask sometimes, and we've asked, is what I'm praying for for my kids really God's will in their life? Or am I, due to my selfishness, wanting them how I see they should be. The famous prayer is don't ever leave the house. <laughs> you know, but they're very, I've seen that and I think we've done a few, it was just praying for things for our kids. It's like, wait a minute, is this really the will of God? You know. How many prayers have you made that you've kind of sidestepped asking God if it was his will first? I'm guilty occasionally. Whether the pressures of life or that situation you're jumping into prayer about is so crucial and ending of a world potential that we forget to ask, hey, Dad, hey, Abba, (laughs) is this your, what's your will in this right now? What is your will? Paul talks about a benefit too. Continuing into Paul, Hebrews eleven six, again talking about 
seeking after God's will. And we know this scripture, I believe it says, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is very crucial in your prayer life. I heard this quote recently, and I don't remember who it was, but it says, faith is not a belief without proof, but rather trust without reservations. But having faith, having faith in how much God loves you and that you actually are worthy to have access to commune with God in a prayer life of positioning yourself and having faith that God cares about the details of your life too. So it says, any, and if any, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I believe Paul's talking about sincerely seeking him is also seeking his will. So if that is first, other things will work out. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We've heard that before, right? So, I'm a person that needs healing in my body. How do I seek His will in that? Heavenly Father, thank You for all You've done. We honor You. Holy Spirit, bring me closer to God's will. What was done on that cross was for me. God, let Your will be in here for Your love for me to heal me. Don't need to pull out a thesaurus. I can't even say it this late at night. A thesaurus? Somebody help me. The thesaurus. Thank you, Debbie. You're always by my side on that. Don't need to look up all these definitions of fancy words. Just seek His will and what you already know in your heart and what the Scriptures say for things to happen. Finding God's will, the biggest place is the Bible. It's all through the Bible. The Bible can be very descriptive, but also prescripted. Descriptive in seeing God working in the lives of many to seek His will, but also prescriptive of what we could take and use in our nows and of our lives, right? So the Bible is, is filled with finding God's will. I've many times just pray while I'm in the Bible, in the Word. One great set of scriptures that I do, not daily, but I'd like to, is Psalm 103. We know it well. Did you? Did I give you that scripture? Oh, in the NLT. So, I mean, this is a beautiful prayer, positioning yourself, and it's confessing over yourself. But it, but because it's the Word, we know it's God's will. Through all these scriptures. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I praise his holy name. Let all that, uh, let all that I am praise, praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. So we're entering into thankfulness. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death 
and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. What a great set of verses to pray over your life. It's God's will. David spoke it. And he was a mighty man of God. And when you're growing in positioning to pray, pray more, as I said initially on, you don't have to go somewhere. It's already in you. You're positioned to pray at all times because the Holy Spirit is ready, willing, and able. Something I do, have done for years, just something for me to continue to know that I'm on alert to pray when I need to pray. If I'm on the on the road driving and I see an ambulance, my whole focus goes to that, whether they're in the west or eastbound lane. I position. I'm already positioned in prayer, so I might as well use my time to pray for that. But it's on alert like that, and just pray, Heavenly Father, let Your will be done in that ambulance. Don't know if they know you or not. If they don't, let the right people come in front of them so they can introduce you to Your love. Heal them if that's a pot, if your will be done in that. In Jesus' name. It's being ready in season and out at any time to pray. Let's talk about intimacy and authority. Because if we are positioning ourselves to pray and we're finding truly God's will, these things will automatically collide in a good way. Intimacy and authority in your prayer life. In this position to pray, you will encounter two main things that I mentioned earlier and you'll participate in. It's listening and speaking. You will gain more intimacy with God, which will give you more awareness of his heart. And through that, relationship begins to go in just prayer <laughs> trust will grow not only you trusting in this communion you're having in prayer but then God begins to trust you because he sees you seeking his will in your life that intimacy continues to build more confidence which breeds a better connection with God and the Holy Spirit over time. And then that can carry you into the authority that you have through the righteousness you've been giving through what was done on the cross. Even on a bad day or a good day, even when you don't think you're worthy of that. And that authority is given to you to execute here on planet earth his will. Not to find a better parking space at the mall. I've heard that from some preachers too. I'm like, really? I'm not going to waste it on that. <laughs> the blessings. No, I want God's will. Those will come. Everything comes around. So... Um, I'm sidetracked. So imagine if I prayed for that parking spot. God is a great orchestrator, right? We have testimonies of that. We're, we're, we have one plan and another plan goes this way, but it was for God working for our good. Oh, 
So imagine I prayed and interceded for that great parking space. I'm being a little sarcastic, but follow me here. And I get that because it was my will. It wasn't his will. But maybe his will was two garages over. I was going to run into somebody that needed prayer that day. That's when you get into that freedom of your will. You be the orchestrator. Yeah, but I don't have time. I get in the mall. I have, and I'm a, there have been times, no pun intended, where somehow I did things that should have taken longer. <laughs> Has anybody do that? And it's almost like I wasn't a big Matrix fan, but come on, you had those like slow motion things, and it was like, wait a minute, time stood still. It had for a prophet before. God will carry you in those things. I'm sorry, I went off on that. Um, but the authority to do his will, not your awesome will that you need for that day. And if you're truly following Christ, what happens is our wills come together with each other because we want the best for God and God will honor that. The biggest gap between Christians and Christ followers is they have a lack of intimacy with God. Christians? The big difference between people who go to church on Easter and Christmas and Christ followers is because they have a lack of intimacy with God. The difference between an atheist and a Christ follower, this isn't a joke, the difference between an atheist and a Christ follower is the lack of intimacy with their God. See, how can you determine something or someone or a God if you do not actually know them. And yet we have a whole world that are living by sound bites of wonderful Christians and other folks capsulizing what God is or isn't in our society right now. And that's my only impression. So how do I know God? Did I ever actually draw near to him and he drew near to me? No. I read about him in a commentary in the New York Times or any paper and said, God's dead, basically. Okay. How do you know? What I'm going on. So that this is why this scripture is so important. People repent because of the goodness of God. Goodness opens the door for intimacy. So remember that you're those representatives to lead to God. So be good to people, you know. Many prayers that Paul wrote, again, as we read earlier, say to know the knowledge of God and that continued discovery. If you get basic, it's basically down to this. If you get that continued discovery from a relational view of God, then it will bring you a revelation of God. And through that revelation that grows daily, the intimacy will grow of who he is, of who he is. And that authority that we can walk in, hmm. when the church begins to walk in it, whew, things will change. We sing that, I keep, can't get away from that song. The power of Jesus' name. Speak it. That's part of that authority. And if you're speaking it over something that is God's will, heaven's coming down and backing you up. 
Prayer is not a religious formula. It's a relational experience that you grow into. It's a communion with your maker. So how do I get intimate with God? You know, these are honest questions because everybody's somewhere, right? Begin to converse with God. Have a conversation. Hi, God. Know you love me, even though maybe sometimes I don't feel I should be loved or don't deserve you, but you still call me your son. And then listen after that. The Holy Spirit will speak and the intimacy will grow. We sometimes stop that intimacy when we don't understand sometimes. And not understanding God, or if you don't hear Him right away, we can tend to shut down and say, well, I'll try on a rainy day. But in reality, it's an opportunity to grow a childlike faith in us. It's very biblical. A childlike faith Remember when you were young? You took everybody at their word, right? A childlike faith doesn't have a lot of contaminants in it. <laughs> a childlike faith is, I don't know everything, but I know my dad. And I know he will take care of me and lead me. If I surrender to him and have faith in him, even when I don't understand things. And you'll find that in intimacy. You'll find that ch- where it talks about the mysteries of God will turn into an opportunity to be just childlike faith. And you'll discover more levels of him and what he wants to communicate to you. Does this, some of this make sense? Okay. Here's another, I'm jumping around. Here's another great scripture that I think some of us know well. Uh, But this is a great prayer scripture, certainly over family. Numbers 6, 24, and 29. Uh, It was given to, in the days of Moses, to bless the Israelites. And, And I think I can just see him praying louder because most of the times he was doing this is when they didn't have any faith in a God. So he was proclaiming and praying and believing over him. But he used a sense of authority to pray this prayer. And it says, and we know this, I think, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord, even even hear the intimacy in here. May the Lord smile on you. That's a connection. And be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor. Again, we talked about his will of his love for you. And give you peace. There's a song that recently came out and it kind of hammers at home. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. We need to be reminded of that. And this was being prayed over Israelites that at the time were very stubborn, but he was speaking the authority over that. He is for you. He is for you. Last major point, if we are positioned to prayer, we're following God's, we're seeking his will first, the intimacy and authority is colliding in our prayer life for our good. Your prayers should change things around you that you're praying for when you're asked to. 
It should. We have proof in the Bible, right? We saw Jesus' ministry. We learned earlier he only did his Father's will and the amount of healings he did. His prayers changed things. And it wasn't just because he was Jesus, because then we learn his disciples did it too. These were people that were born in a manger. They actually had a real biological dad and mother like us. They healed too. Their prayers were changing things. And then it didn't slow down there with the Apostle Paul. Over and over, praying for things and changing things that he was praying for. One of the, and Pastor John would talk about this a lot, one of my favorite scriptures when Jesus is talking about effective prayer is John fifteen six through 7. Do we have that? Okay, awesome. Yeah. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. Pretty clear there. But if you remain in me and in my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted to you. If you're abiding, and Jesus went on to talk about the vine and the branches as we know that illustration. If we're abiding in Christ, there has to be intimacy and authority colliding in our prayer life abiding in him abiding and seeking god's will there was a part in i think it was mark we don't have to go to but mark uh, nine where jesus is obviously in ministry and the disciples are getting um Bold, I guess, and confident, and they they decide to try and cast a demon out of a uh, boy who was possessed, obviously, and uh, they thought taking authority and doing it and speaking to it, and it just didn't work. So Jesus was not far from them, and I could see Jesus, Jesus coming close to the boy. I think it began to start disrupting disrupting the spiritual realm already and he was able to cast the demon out of the boy and Jesus and the disciples are like wait a minute why couldn't we do that and Jesus talks and pulls, pulls him to the side I don't think he made a big message about this I hope to embarrass them but he said you know this would have came by prayer and fasting Studying more about that, one of the things that really popped out at me is Jesus, they knew that, prayer and fasting. That wasn't an illumination that that's what they had to do. But Jesus was pointing that that if you are positioned in prayer, you can't rely on your past victories. So you can't rely on formulas of how every situation is prayed for. So you have to be in position to prayer, and in this case, even fasting, to see, hear the heart of what God's will was, yes, to cast it out, but how from their perspective it would happen. So, and I take that to our life. You had a healing in your body because maybe you prayed for it 
or somebody prayed for you and put the oil on your ear instead of your forehead. I'm being sarcastic, but follow my lead here. So next time you need healing, you go find the same person to put it on the ear and not the forehead. We need to understand through the Holy Spirit that if we're positioned to prayer, God will will meet us in that moment and know what is needed. Not that what you've done in the past doesn't work again, but we can't rely on a formula of what you've said, the right words, you kneeled, you stood. We have to trust the Holy Spirit in that time and seeking his will. Because there will come a day, and probably sooner than we know, and I believe we all have Christ followers in this room, that there will be some people in this room that are demon-possessed. It's not a prophecy. It's just an easy equation. Because as we begin to follow Christ more and do his will, the enemy, it doesn't say in the word the enemy's stupid. He's clever. And he is going to target people and churches that are actually going to be building the kingdom of God here on earth. So get ready. It will happen. It's not out of fear. It'll happen. But get ready. And if we're positioned to prayer, we know what we need to do right then. Right? Because he's faithful in all those situations if we're positioned to be faithful to his will. Some prayers, just talking about, again, a prayer and changing things, is I've seen where some people have to, you know, pray until the change happens. And it's biblical. Jesus had to do that. So I've seen this, you know, in healing lines where, or even out on the street, if somebody's praying for somebody, it's like, okay, you have a pain in your leg. All right. Holy Spirit, lead me to God's will. You love this individual, heal his leg. Move your leg. I still have pain. Okay. Holy Spirit, you know, we, we get, get back into it. Sometimes you need to be there until it changes. Sometimes we give up too easily. Like we're we're back to a sovereign God, and I did what I was supposed to do, let it work its way out. But there are many healings that I've seen, and I didn't perform them, or nobody does, it's God, but where it was these people praying, we're not moving until this is changed. And I'm not saying you have to do that for every prayer, but those people were positioned to prayer that knew what they needed to do at that moment in doing that. I had a, my own testimony. I had, I don't know, maybe 21 years ago. I had I had molars in my mouth. Amen. We all have molars, right? But they were impacted sideways. I mean, they were just in there. Some of you may have had this too. So I don't know. I got busy in life and everything and said, all right, well, I got to get taken out, right? So I went to see a surgeon. And uh, they said, oh, my gosh, you know, you're healing. We're going to get in there. And they told us what they were going to do to get these impact molars out. And they're like, oh, it's going to take a while. Um, and your recovery could maybe be three to four weeks. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, because there's going to be a big gap in there. I don't mean to gross you out, but they're going in there. You know, they're wearing two goggles over there. You know, they're getting in there. So I went home like, oh, I got to plan my work schedule all about this and da-da-da-da-da and for almost four weeks. Remember this? And it was just... 
It's like, and then one night, and, and believe me, I'm growing here. I'm not where I need to be. But when I was like, wait a minute, let's pray this thing out, you know. Maybe not the molar out, but whatever God's will is, I don't want to have to go through this. So it was an all-nighter, praying, 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 scriptures, praying, praying. I remember exactly where I was in the house, praying. Everybody's asleep, praying, praying. And I was getting pain because that was, I'm a procrastinator time. So I was not going there to say, hey, let's go take my molars. I was in pain, you know, for half of the days leading up to this. And finally, it must have been three in the morning. I didn't feel a thing. So then I went to bed, thanked the Lord. And then I had a scheduled dentist appointment about a week after that. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna can't. I'm not getting pain. I'm not can't. You know, I'm not doing. You know, I'm not in pain anymore, which is great. So I went to the dentist. And says, well, maybe I'll have him do a a, a X-ray to see if those babies are gone. You know. And then I got convicted. The Holy Spirit said, "You just asked for the pain to go away." I'm like, ooh, okay. So my testimony is praying this through. I still have impact molars that my dentist keeps saying every time. I was like, you're not feeling any pain. I have not had any pain in 20-some-odd years. Prayer can change things. Did you want the molars to disappear? Well, God's will at that time, and I asked. I wanted no more pain, and I have not had any pain. And we have testimonies like that. I mean, we just heard... Some great testimony Sunday, right? If if you were here with the ladies from from the uh, Teen Challenge, Adult Teen Challenge. But if you hear most of those testimonies, those were birthed out of prayer. They really were. They really were. In applying this and shooting for change in, in, in what you're praying for. Don't trust more in the change and the manifestation than you do the God you're praying to. Because if you're focused on that, you're going to need that <laughs> moving forward in your life as evidence that there's a God more. So we trust in Him to move mountains. And if you have intimacy and the authority and everything going, running on all eight cylinders, and you're seeking God's will, you're facing more Him than you are the problem every time. Leave you out of it. (laughs) Let God be in it. When you're seeing changes happen in your prayer life, and we alluded a little bit to this, God is not doing that so you have greater victories in your life. We already have the victory. It was done at the cross. (laughs) And the victory sometimes we really just need is over ourselves than anybody else. But what I'm saying is when that the changes start to happen and you're praying, you're like, Oh my gosh, these are happening. Thank you, Lord. He's putting you on the tarmac to take off and pray for others. 
And you may not be at 100% of every prayers that are changing things. But you'll know when God's saying, you know what? If you're seeking my will today, I'm going to put somebody in front of you that you need to pray for. It is such a beautiful thing. And it sounds like I'm, like I stare at flowers every day. Oh, everything's beautiful. I see trees of green. Life is so beautiful. But, but, but you can appreciate some of these simplicity things. But it is so, it, it wasn't that funny, Bruce. Uh, it was, you can, you can start, what's so beautiful are people together praying. It, it must make God smile. Coming together to pray. One-on-one, two-on-two. We know in Scripture it says if two or more of you are together in prayer, there I be, right? It must warm his heart to do that. So when you begin to grow and position into prayer, yes, it will help you in your personal life, but ultimately God wants you to impact others. And come in unity to pray. And and the positioning of praying for others becomes your default. I'm not there yet. I want to get there. It becomes your default. So if I'm in the grocery store and somebody that I've maybe seen twice or a clerk, you know, and say, hey, how you doing today? <sighs> you know, I just well, was denied at a college I really wanted to go to. Okay fork in the road that really stinks i am so sorry for you that's the left or take a right on the fork and say do you mind if i pray with you in this situation real quickly we'll do it really quick to pray about the direction you need right now and the favor that might be coming your way praying for people not many people will deny that we did that when we went out to <laughs> did i tell you we went to that conference and Pastor Ray was with us and Pastor Mike and Jen. And like, it was a conference and half the conferences go out, you know, go out and pray for people and, and things like that. And it wasn't programmed, so it was beautiful. It wasn't like a script. It was the Holy Spirit. And there was a Walmart like two blocks down. And we're like, well, if we go to the Walmart, 150 people are going to the Walmart, you know, to invade, pray. Foxwoods was just up the road. Let's go to the casino. So we went to the casino. But we went out to pray for people in the casino. I don't know why I said that, but so, but anyhow, God, God's going to get, when you're positioned in prayer, the Holy Spirit will start tugging on your heart when you're around people to pray for them. But he'll allow you that access because he knows you're only going to seek your father's will, not your showcase of your worldwide ministry you're starting, not how well-versed you are in memorizing all the scriptures, Don't rest in that. But rest in the Holy Spirit working with you to execute the Father's will for that other person. And I said earlier, you can get, we have, get word of knowledges for them that freaks them out. It's not, ooh, I've had that one time, only one time so far, but it's like, you know, it was with one of the person who prayed, like, do you, you know, you have a son. And it seems general, but it really starts leading. It's like, do you have a son that's on drugs? <laughs> Whoa. All right, now you got their attention. God gave that. Nothing I did right or wrong. 
God loves you and gave me that word. Can we pray about your son? But as being in positions to prayer for everything, and mainly for the people around you, because we are his witnesses, right? We are his witnesses. And some people may need prayer more than here's my bumper sticker on the back of my car of where I go to church. They, they need to be connected to a relational God. And you are part of that bridge of the relation. Amen? Position to pray. Start it in the morning. Lord, set my heart on what your will is for today. Not, Lord, I need to have another good day. That's self-centeredness. What's your will for today? And help me walk it out. Help me walk it out. I want to pray for everybody here. Then I want to do something else after that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time today. And and through your Holy Spirit, (laughs) you're so amazing because you know where each and every one of us are. To reach us with your truth, your word, and above all things, your love. Lord, tug on our hearts so we are reminded that the Holy Spirit is in us to help us operate your will on this earth. And Lord, when there's times where we feel our prayers need to be self-centered, in your love, help direct us. Because you do care about us. But learn us to grow in the maturity of finding your will above all things. Lord, we just ask if, if some that have not prayed lately to rekindle their hearts, to know that prayer is not a formality, but it's part of who you are to them and communing with them. We just pray that that boldness that Paul talks about is not yelling and screaming, but the boldness that we know that we can hear your will when we're called upon to be bold and and to cross over and bring you, the relational God, into people's lives and pray for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Actually, that is it. Thank you. Amen and amen. Go out and pray.